Karani shifted her goggles from her eyes to her forehead and leaned back from the engine. Fire aspect remnants burned inside the metallic chamber that was bigger than her entire house. She could see the spirits through the viewports, pursuing their strange remnant tasks. Even with heat-dampening scripts, it was a sauna in here, though not nearly as relaxing as the actual sauna she visited on her occasional holidays. Without her goggles, she could get an unfiltered look at the engine's control panel. It seemed fine. She'd welded two metal plates together, and the control script was whole again. She gave it a long eye, making sure the light stayed steady. When she was certain that the script was functional, she sighed in relief and gathered up her tools. Her personal bound spirit was contained in a tank on her back. Burning Swan was a natural fire spirit she'd raised for years, and she could channel his energies for welding or, theoretically, for combat. She hadn't seen any duels since graduating the academy, and she didn't expect she ever would again. Her grades in the arena had been adequate at best. Her supervisor, a pudgy woman named Turkle, slammed the door open in an enthusiastic burst and practically danced down the stairs. She had a massive cloud of gray hair and a pair of smaller spirit tanks strapped to her forearms instead of a large one on her back. Oh, my darling, my favorite, how are you doing this fine evening, Turkle sang. She did a pirouette and finished her spin with a flourish as she reached Karani. Karani smiled in spite of herself. Today, she had planned to duck her supervisor and get home on time for once, but Turkle's enthusiasm was infectious. Not so bad, Karani admitted. Finished sooner than I thought, and we didn't have any further breaches. Turkle gasped in amazement raising her hands to her lips. You're a genius, a savant. Without you, we would be ashes in a crater. If Turkle saw someone lace up their boots, she would exclaim that no one had ever tied such a perfect knot. When Karani had finished her hundredth job with the company, Turkle had commissioned a light sculpture of the triumphant moment. The job had been the inspection of rivets in a sewer runoff pipe, and it had taken fifteen minutes. Still, Karani's cynicism melted before Turkle's positivity like ice under the sun. Nothing that bad. Maybe a few burns. Burns? Turkle fluttered her collar as though overcome by the heat, though she'd only been in the engine room for a few seconds. There's nothing worse than the heat. To me, you stave off doom. You'll have dinner with our family tonight, won't you? I'll take no for an answer, but I won't be happy about it. Karani considered the offer instead of rejecting it out of hand like she usually did. A little money saved was a little closer to the vacation of her dreams. A local travel agency had been promoting a tour of the exotic Ashwind continent, home of the dragons. She'd always wanted to see the place, and since the tour made use of existing portal networks, they could keep travel time down to only a month's journey either way. Any use of portals skyrocketed the price since those were the workings of a sage, and of course there was the cost of missing several months of work. But steadily, she inched toward her dream. She was about to accept Turkle's offer when Burning Swan whispered in her mind, Enemy, the spirit whispered. Burning Swan didn't speak in actual words, but in complex impressions passed through their bond. Suddenly, the familiar clanks and hisses of the engine room sounded ominous, and the shadows in the corners deepened. Karani extended her spiritual sense, but felt no one other than herself and Turkle. The supervisor frowned, noticing her distress. Oh my, what's wrong? You didn't forget something, did you? I left my spare wrist strap here last week, and wouldn't you know it, that was the very day that my first one broke. 
I had just bought it, too, and it was a nicer one than I usually... She continued prattling, but Karani was paying more attention to her bound spirit. Enemy, she asked. The simpler the message, the more clearly the spirit would understand. Burning Swan's mental impression was firm. Enemy! His thoughts focused on Turkle. Karani wondered if she should take Swan to a soulsmith. Maybe a drudge could figure out where his senses had gone wrong. Turkle was harmless in every sense of the word. Not only had she once wept when she accidentally shut the door on a lizard's tail, but even if she did go mad and suddenly attack, she wouldn't be much of an opponent. Karani wasn't a fighter, but she had still been forged through years of hard work. Turkle was soft, frail, and much older. The supervisor had one bound spirit of life and one of dreams, which she used to monitor and coordinate her workers. Karani was in more danger from burning her skin on an overheated bolt. Even so, she decided to play it cautious, just in case. Turkle, you haven't had any strange dreams, have you? Only days ago, after the sky had turned black and the world had panicked, one-eyed leaves had drifted throughout the city and whispered reassurance. The voice of Emrys Silentborn, the monarch, spoke to the citizens directly and told them they were safe, protected. Everyone Karani knew had gotten the same message. Probably everyone on the continent had. But the monarch had left a warning as well, to remain on guard in their dreams. If they met a stranger there who asked to enter their minds, they should deny him. That had been strange, of course, but it was the warning of a monarch. Turkle gasped when Karani asked about her dreams. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you. I have had the best sleep of my life lately. I have this tea that you drink before bed, and Emrys take my lips now if I know what they put into it, but the second I close my eyes, I drift right off. She kept chattering, but she didn't say anything about meeting a stranger in her sleep. Karani didn't hear anything wrong. A wary voice came to her again. Look, Burning Swan commanded. Karani's senses shifted somehow, in a strange direction that she didn't have words for. She opened her copper sight and looked at the world, but only a little. She extended her perception halfway, too. This felt like Burning Swan had forcibly made her open an eye in her spirit halfway. The sensation was hazy and frustrating, even uncomfortable, but after only a moment, Karani saw something. A glimmer of white light hovering behind Turkle's head. Like a halo, or perhaps a crown. Karani's breath died, and for a moment she couldn't even speak. Then she bolted for the exit. She took the metal stairs two at a time, leaving Turkle sputtering in confusion behind her. Karani dashed down the metal catwalk, reaching out her perception for a script on the wall ahead of her. The emergency alarm. Karani triggered it with a flow of Madra as she flew out of the room, slamming the heavy door after her. She panted as she leaned against it. Through the thick glass of the round porthole at the center, she saw Turkle heaving her way up the stairs. The enthusiastic energy that had filled the supervisor earlier had wilted, leaving a heavy weight of disappointment that hung visibly on her. Her muffled voice came through the door. Karani, why? This isn't funny. Tears filled Karani's eyes. She didn't quite know what to do. She had heard the rumors of what happened to people wearing that crown. The legends, really. But Turkle seemed fine. She didn't know what to do, but that was all right. She didn't have to know. 
Security arrived a moment later, wearing thick tanks on their back and their limbs covered by the energy of their bound spirits. They strode up to Karani as she stammered out her story. Turkle, she, my supervisor, Crown, I saw it, my spirit warned me. Enemies, Burning Swan said. And this time, Karani heard the distinct tones of despair. Dreading what she would see, she once again half-opened her spiritual senses as Swan had shown her. Both guards had a faint white ring floating behind their heads. She backed up against the wall as the alarm died and the door slid open. A panting Turkle made it through, turning to glare at Karani. What has gotten into you? If you don't want to have dinner with us, I'm not going to force you. Is it my cooking? Turkle still seemed normal, disturbingly so. Karani glanced down the hallway toward the exit. She'd never make it, not with security here. You didn't get to be a company guard by only getting mediocre grades in your arena classes. Turkle knelt at her side and gave her a kindly smile. Poor thing, so frightened. What do you think is going to happen to you? Karani shivered and didn't answer. Come on, then. Shoo, boys, leave her alone. Let's talk in my office, sweet girl. Turkle led Karani down the hallway, but at the first corner they rounded, Karani shrieked. There was a body lying in blood-soaked carpet. He wore a tank on his back and a security uniform, but without seeing his face, she didn't recognize him. The first guard strode over the body, the second stopped at the sound of her shriek, and Turkle turned with a frown. She was standing with one foot casually braced on the man's skull. Are you still scared? You're safe with me, Karani, I swear. Did, did you kill him? Karani's accusatory finger trembled. Turkle looked around blankly. Who? Him, him right there. You're standing on his head. Turkle looked all the way around the hallway until her expression softened. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. You need that vacation more than I realized. Stress can get to all of us, sweet girl. With a dawning horror, Karani realized that this wasn't an act. Turkle really couldn't see the man's body. Enemy, Burning Swan insisted. Numb, Karani followed Turkle to her office and sat on a plush chair. The place was so ordinary and familiar that it was easy to forget anything was wrong. Turkle chattered as she brewed tea while Karani remained silent. The supervisor poured two cups and slid one over on a saucer. Take a drink and relax, you poor thing. I didn't mean to work you so hard. Karani took it on reflex. She'd had tea with Turkle hundreds of times. Before she thought about it, she had already taken her first sip. Someone hammered on the office door. Turkle didn't seem surprised. Could you get that for me, dear? Karani had her hand on the door, but Burning Swan was vibrating in its case, trying to extend fiery wings. Danger! She removed her hand. Why don't you get it? It has to be you. Turkle sipped from her own tea and smiled. Go on, girl. A man's voice came from outside, regal and assured. Let me in, Karani, and I will explain everything. She stumbled back from the door and looked from her tea to her supervisor. You brought me into a dream. The steel container strapped to Turkle's left wrist was open, 
and there was no shimmering purple light coming from inside. Her dream remnant was missing. She'd used a technique, or an elixir in the tea, or both. Karani looked at the window, which was made of the same thick, barely transparent glass as most in this place. She wasn't strong enough to break her way through. But she could melt it. Swan, please. With a quick flick of Madra, she released a panel on the side of her spirit tank. A wing of flaming Madra emerged and plunged into the glass, which began to glow red hot. Turkle leaned back so fast she spilled her tea. Really now, you're going to dry out my skin. Karani's own skin was singed by the time she melted enough glass, and she wasn't even sure that going out a different way would help her escape. How much of this was a dream, and how much was real? She had to try something. She almost leaped through, but the red-hot glass around the hole made her hesitate, as did the voice from the door. There's no risk to you, the stranger said. Life is far safer for my friends than my enemies. If Karani hadn't been warned, she might have opened the door already. But she knew who the voice belonged to, the Silent King. She grated her teeth and prepared to plunge through the hole in the glass to the desolate metal and concrete streets outside. It was late enough that no one was nearby, and she wasn't sure if that was a curse or a blessing. The burning glass was a threat, but one she could risk. She snapped her goggles over her eyes and pulled up the collar of her thick, fire-resistant work uniform. Then she screamed as a face floated out of the shadows from the window. A face, but not a human one. It was like a floating head with pebbly flesh such a dark purple as to be almost black. One giant eye took up most of its face, and its mouth was stretched into a strange, almost smile with an expression she couldn't read. It had two boneless arms that undulated slowly. I have come to pull you from the abyss of silence, the spirit whispered, to free you from the chains that bind your mind and restore you to the waking world. Then, as though it had suddenly remembered something, it added, And don't be afraid. Karani commanded Burning Swan to attack, but its fiery wings shivered and retreated. Not enemy, the spirit told her. And... Strong. There came a crash from behind Turkle's desk. The supervisor had hurled her teacup, part of a set she'd inherited from her mother, to the ground where it shattered. She glared furiously at the one-eyed spirit with teeth bared. Get out, Turkle shrieked. I'll claw out your soul. The dark, floating spirit giggled. That would be impressive. The silent king's voice from the door was amused. Intruders, how bold. A force slammed into the door, shaking the room. Karani hesitated only another instant before she reached out to the strange spirit's tendril. If this was an elaborate trick by the dread god to get her to walk outside, it was working. The spirit pulled her out through the glass, coming within an inch of searing her flesh off, but Karani didn't land on the street outside Turkle's office. She was back in the engine room, standing before a welded steel panel. Had she fallen asleep after finishing her job? How would that be possible? The dark spirit still floated before her, chuckling in an unnerving voice. Walk with me unless you wish to see the void of death. Who are you? she demanded. What's going on? You'll see, it said, and you can call me Dross.